Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Michael McGar. He's the president at Experience Real History. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing in the whole AR, AI kind of space is actually really quite fascinating. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I, uh, my dad was in the military, so I grew up uh, both in the United States and in, in Germany. I spent okay. nine years in, in Germany uh, in military schools, uh, American military schools, uh, Department of Defense. Interesting. And uh, I graduated from high school in Heidelberg. Okay. Um, the, the graduation was in the castle, which was kind of interesting. Our, That's our, cool. Our senior class. Our senior class trip was to London for 13 days. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it was a different kind of experience than the normal high school existence. Sure. And, uh, um, and so then I spent a year uh, after I graduated as uh, uh, working in a warehouse and, and skiing. And okay. I got that out of my system and then went to college uh, in Texas, at Southwest Texas, for uh, a, a, a degree in commercial art. Okay. What and made you want to take that? Sorry, just to... <laughs> Commercial art. Yeah, I. It was. Any time I was happy or sad or bored or excited, I drew all the time. Very cool. And uh, and so uh, my dad, being a military officer, didn't think that art was a career that anybody should ever choose. And so he, <laughs> he had me slated to be a veterinarian. Okay. Uh, because that's what he thought would be good. And uh, and then after I. I, I I refused to go to college after I graduated because I, at, at my core, did not want to be a veterinarian scientist type of person. Sure. And so in my year off, I discovered that what I really wanted to be was an artist. And so I thought, uh, commercial artists sounds like maybe they make money. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. So commercial art. Yeah. And so then and toward the end of my commercial art, uh, degree at Southwest Texas, which is in San Marcos, Texas. Okay. I um, I found out about Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, and that school was for professional illustrators. And uh, like ninety percent of the world's automotive designers come from that school. It's a very very oh, small wow. school, though. and uh, and they only accepted by portfolio. And so I I just moved out to Los Angeles because I wanted to go to that school. I hadn't been accepted and managed to get in and and. Mm -hmm. uh, Graduate, gra uh, left school after six semesters as a uh, nationally published illustrator wow. and um, <clears throat> started a career as an illustrator. I was an illustrator for the next 11 years. Okay. I, cool. I did did paintings for national ad agencies, national magazines, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and then somewhere along the line in that path, I started teaching one night a week teaching uh, illustration at a local community college okay. and then was, and then was hired as uh, head of a brand new department at a college called uh, 
Collin County Community College, which is in Plano, Texas, and uh, didn't know anything about computers. I mean, nothing. I couldn't even type my own resume to try wow. to apply to that college. I mean, I, 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 oil paint is kind of one of the oldest careers sure. <laughs> there is. Sure, Computers. I, I mean, I, I had no idea about computers. But when I got hired, I, I uh, talked to a bunch of friends of mine who were in the industry, and they said, your kids have to know computers. And so uh, I, uh, I, I wound up writing a grant to Apple Computer and, and, uh, uh, in multimedia because I thought multimedia would be cool. You'd have sound and all that stuff. Sure. This was in 1989. Okay. And uh, wound up uh, becoming one of three multimedia centers that Apple founded in the United States. Wow. And, uh, um and we grew from 25 students to 450 students in two years. Wow, and, that's uh, huge. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I wrote 30-some-odd courses that were approved by the Texas Coordinating Board, and wow. uh, and they were taught at colleges like at San Jose and places like that. Very cool. And uh, <clears throat> being under the wing of Apple is a very nice wing to be under. Yeah, <laughs> they, not terrible. They were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they took me all around uh, the United States. Uh, seeing things and giving speeches for Apple and stuff like that. And so very cool. It was a, it, it was very very fun and and uh, uh, they provided lots of help. And then also once Apple said here's a multimedia center, then everybody else wanted to come and and join us and and so uh, got a, a lot of attention from a lot of people. And I had really really great students in the department who were attracted to the department because of what we were doing and. Uh, and sort of uh, built the program on an art center model. Art center hires the top professionals in the field, and they teach one day a week. And I had a bunch of friends from art center, and so I, I asked them to come teach. And so it, it, it became a, a very powerful, powerful program. And then from there, I, I left and uh, joined a partnership in a, a film production company, and we did multimedia. And uh, during my stay there was when I did the first application about the album and uh, okay. that was a uh, that was in 1994 95 wow and we we uh we built a virtual alamo we were the first film production company to shoot inside the alamo since 1906 wow this was an interesting thing to get that that approval sure and uh, <clears throat> oh yeah we were we were dealing with a, a organization called the Daughters of the Republic of Texas. Okay. And uh, uh, a bunch of really sweet old ladies, basically. Okay. And and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, we had a uh, interesting relationship with them, but they 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 were very excited to have us uh, create this application for the Alamo, and we got Dan Rather and Sissy Spacek and Charlie Pride and. Uh, 27 other famous Texans to do narrations of these stories. And, and again, this was 1994-95, so the, the target machine was a 486-66 with four entire megs of RAM. Yeah, you're very so, early on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, electric razors nowadays have more RAM than that does. And so it was... Uh, <laughs> I never thought of it like that, but yeah, because I, I remember my, my first computer at home was a 386. So yeah, that's that's wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so building something that was really compelling for that was was kind of difficult. We had to write our own uh, VR software sure. um, because uh, we, we were trying to use QuickTime, but it was too heavy to run on on a 486-66. So sure. we had to create our own. But uh, 
but it was it was very engaging. The script for it was fifteen hundred pages. We got wow. the best historians in Texas to write it and all that. And so, uh, so then I uh, um, I moved from Dallas to Wimberley, Texas, which is a very small town near Austin. Okay. And founded a company, and we grew ultimately to over ninety people, and wow. and uh, also built a motion capture company. Okay. And we worked on major motion pictures and, and uh, lots and lots of big games like Doom and stuff like that. Very cool. And, uh, <clears throat> and then we, uh, uh, once we got to 90 people and, and we created a training company that did training for the food industry, then I sold my interest and left and uh, uh, started doing a bunch of other different things that I, I found interesting to participate in. Uh, worked on some movie scripts that never actually got produced and some other, other fun sure. things like that. And then, then uh, uh, did a bunch of work for Homeland Security, uh, building uh, uh, training videos where when they would go to train people for a disaster, my videos would show the disaster happening real time, like it was on CNN news, but it oh, was wow. just fake, fake stuff. So did a bunch of that. And then, uh, um, then I got a, a, a opportunity to uh, do an AR project. I was talking to uh, a woman. We were working on a project together in San Antonio, and she was asking me what I had done. And I mentioned the Alamo, and she said, well, um, this is the 300th anniversary coming up of, of uh, San Antonio. We sh you should do it. And I said, uh, how, how would you do it? And I said, well, Pokemon just came out, and we'd be cool to – stand next to Davy Crockett as he defends the Alamo on the spot where he defended the Alamo. And she said, well, you got to do it. And I said, it's hard. It's, it's really difficult. And, and uh, she said, oh, you're, you're going to do it. And, and so. Uh, <laughs> Voluntold. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And so she kept on me. And, and we found an investor who was really excited about it. And, and we built it. And uh, and it's been incredibly popular in the schools. And, and we're, we're getting traction in, in commercial sales as well so it, it's it's been really fun and, and we've won a bunch of awards with it so very cool it's it, it, it's been real exciting so and uh and so now no, what ahead, we're working sorry. on is it, yeah sorry what we're working on now is uh the battle of gettysburg which uh the battle of the alamo was on six and a half acres the battle of gettysburg was on seven thousand acres wow and so it's only a little larger. Sure. Uh, yeah, touch. <laughs> and uh, so the Battle of, Get of, of the Alamo had maybe at the max 5,000 people involved in it. Okay. There was almost 100,000 Union soldiers and 80 some odd thousand Confederate soldiers. So uh -huh. it was just, it's a, it's a much bigger scale, but really, really cool project. Incredible stories and, and, uh, um, one of the things we do too is we always try to find hidden stories that people haven't seen before and we'll push those stories along with it and and try to tell it from a human standpoint rather than sort of a military you know here's where these guys were here's where those guys were and that sort of arrows on the ground stuff that you see all the time so <clears throat> uh, we tell the stories where you're standing next to the guy as as he's trying to get across a fence and and uh and they're getting hit by uh, cannon fire and musket fire. That sort of stuff. That's very cool. So, so I want to dive a little bit deeper into the tech 
without getting like extremely technical, but you sure. guys are building these very cool augmented reality experiences. I you sent me I uh, a VR or a video of uh, the Gettysburg kind of stuff you're working on, and I actually looking at it right now. It's actually really cool. So how do you describe it without having a visual so people can maybe get some sort of idea and then go online and actually check this out? Well, what we, um, how I think about these things is that um, imagine you're stepping into a time machine that you've got a time machine in your hand and you can step into, into this world. And, and like I I described with the Alamo, like if if you could stand next to Davy Crockett and watch him defend the Alamo, how cool would that be? Especially if you could do it on the spot where it happened. Yeah, that's cool. So when I, when I'm there at Gettysburg and I'm standing where Pickett's charge started and I can watch it start and watch those guys start marching down in the field and the cannon fire coming down on top of them. That's a totally different experience than watching at home on video. Sure. totally different experience you you are a part of that thing rather than just kind of watching it you know and uh um and so all our characters are photoreal all the environments are photoreal uh we're using the the best uh animators and game developers and those people to build those environments so that when you're in it it feels like you're there like we were there with one of our historians uh, the other day in the middle of where uh, Chamberlain defended uh, his position up on Little Round Top. It's a very famous uh, uh, scene. Okay. And the guy, the guy had spent a day at that spot with wow. students and, and with historians and stuff. And when he saw it on screen, he goes, oh, my God, it's exactly like it is. And so that's. That's the type of response that we want. Is that when you're standing there, you're you're witnessing the battle. You're in the middle of it. It's it, and and you get a perspective on it that you can never have otherwise. It's sure. it's pretty amazing. Well, the other thing too is just leveraging this tech for anything. Like, sure, obviously, as a student learning about these big events in history, if you're actually at where something happened and you get to see it in augmented reality you remember that for tests and probably the rest of your life. Right. And, and even oh, as an yeah. adult, you're just, um, just to learn this stuff. You're right. Like, sure. You could read about it or watch a video, but actually being there and seeing it live is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And the other thing that we're doing with Gettysburg that we didn't do with the Alamo is that we have, uh, we've gamified it. So when you go out onto the battlefield, you find artifacts on the battlefield. Okay. And we tie them to real artifacts that are inside the museum. So when you find an artifact on the battlefield, you get points for finding that artifact on the battlefield. But when you go into the museum, you can find the object in the museum and you get points again for that. And, and those points either can be intrinsic or, or extrinsic. And uh, you can get coupons to... to uh, uh, get money off of our products or you can, uh, as a student, those are, those are points that you can earn so that you, you get higher uh, grade in class or something like that. And the, the other thing with the app too, is that this app will play either at the battlefield or at home. So you could be in the middle of the battlefield in your backyard or in your house. That's cool. So how does it work if I'm not at Gettysburg? Do you guys, like, I just hold my phone up either to, like outside or 
inside and, and you guys recreate the battlefield for me or how does that work? Yeah, we, we recreate, we create the battlefield for you. So when you're, when you start the app, you have a choice of going to the museum or going to the battlefield. Okay. And in either case, if you're in the museum itself, we have beacons inside the museum that will guide you to the objects that we have okay. there. But if you're not there, then you can just choose a place inside the museum and you can see the exhibit case where the object is. And then when you tap the object, it becomes 3d in front of you You can spin it around and play with it. You can like, say if it's a drum, you can play the drum, that, that sort of thing. But if you choose the battlefield, then the battlefield becomes, comes inside your house or inside your gymnasium or something like that. And then you can spin around and see flags where the different, uh, commanders were and tap on the flag. It'll tell you who it was, or, or you can hit play the movie and then you can watch the battle take place right in front of you as you're standing there. So it feels like you're right in the middle of it. Very cool. So when can people get their hands on the, this Gettysburg project? It releases on June 15th, 2019. So. Okay. Very cool. And people can get the Alamo one currently, right? They, you can get the Alamo one currently and you can go to uh, Amazon to get some of the products that go with the Alamo. We have trading cards and we have a book like a coffee table book Very cool. that comes, comes to life when you look at it. We also have uh, a, a map that looks like a mouse pad, but it's got the map of the Alamo. And when you look at it, flags pop up and you can tap the flags and you can watch the battle happen from that. And then you can also go to the uh, iTunes store or Google play and you can download the app from there too. Very cool. Um, so I'm curious, you mentioned something that I find quite fascinating is these physical products you mentioned cards and a coffee table book how do you guys integrate the physical world and the digital world together so what we do with the the physical objects is we make really cool physical objects like trading cards that are uh the famous personalities from the battle or from people that you don't you've never heard about before and uh and you can find out new things about them on the card itself but if you focus your camera on the card with our app, then the character pops up and you see a story unfold. Cool. And some of the cards, if you put two cards together, then those two characters pop up and interact with each other. Oh, very cool. And then, <clears throat> and then uh, there's a, a cannon one that we're building for Gettysburg where uh, you can lay the cannon card down on the table and a cannon crew pops up with the cannon. And out in the distance, you see a target hanging by a balloon and you have to try and hit that target. So you got to aim the cannon and shoot at the target. And so the, you see a cannonball go across your room and try and hit that target. And, uh, and, and so then you get points as you do that and you could play against your friend so that you're both shooting your cannons and see who hits it first. And, uh, um, <clears throat> so a, a lot of the things that we do, we're trying to make them so that you can play over and over and over again, rather than just watch it one time. And uh, so one of the things we're doing right now is developing what exactly those products for Gettysburg are going to be, but they're, they're going to be on another level. So at, at Gettysburg, you'll be able to buy a, a box that's got like a spy kit in it and it's, and it's AR enabled and, and, uh, and then trading cards and a newspaper from the time, which when you look at it with the, uh, the phone, it's like a Harry Potter newspaper where the stories come to life in front of you, people talk to you and that sort of thing. Very cool. No, that's awesome. So I, I'm, I'm curious, though, how do you guys come up with some of these ideas? Because sure, 
the space has kind of been around for a while, but there's very few companies out there doing these kind of physical and augmented reality products that you can actually buy, right? Because I know yeah. comp big companies like Apple and Google have demoed this stuff and there's kind of these versions out there that you can kind of play with that only seems like nerds have kind of tried and I would put myself in that category. So I don't mean it in a <laughs> negative context, but I think there's a lot of stuff that if people have just a, a pretty, a, an okay phone or a tablet, they can actually experience a lot of the, this really cool augmented reality stuff like you guys are building. So do you want to talk about some of that stuff? Yeah. So, so one of the things that we learned with the Alamo was that that, that one uh, pretty much was built for higher end machines. Okay. And so we cut off a lot of our market when we built that way. So, so what we're doing with Gettysburg is we're building it for the lowest common denominator Android sure. machine. And uh, so anybody will be able to play it. Anybody will be able to see what goes on with it. And, and so uh, being on the shelf with other products, our products look kind of the same as any product that you get. And it's just a toy you play with by hand. And sure. it's difficult in that environment to, um, to show that this thing is AR. And a lot of people don't know what AR is. They, sure. they know Pokemon. If you yeah. mention Pokemon, they go, oh, okay. Well, I say it's like Pokemon only on steroids or sure. maybe Pokemon on acid or something. Because <laughs> you got like a story that comes out of it rather than you're just capturing something that wiggles. Sure. And, and so, uh, so anyway, that, that's one of our biggest challenges is, is to do that. And, and one of the things that I'm hoping is that other people start doing it too. Uh, the best thing for us, I think, is to have competition in the market where everybody starts to expect that these things are going to be AR enabled. Sure. And it, as you watch the curve, it's happening. It's, it's, it's moving in that direction. And you have the, uh, the Merge Cube, which has uh, AR content on, on this cube. And they're from San Antonio and, and good friends of ours. As well, and, and they they face a similar type of thing in the market. Uh, the thing that we found, uh, particularly with these products, is that the schools understand them instantly, right. and so selling into the schools and selling those products in the schools is really really easy to do. Uh, it, it's just the consumer market that we're trying to make sure that we can seed the market with the right stuff, and and that uh, <clears throat> like. What we're going to do with the uh, the products that we're putting out with Gettysburg is that when you scan it with your phone, uh, it has a link to a, a, a YouTube video that shows the inside of the box, oh, how this okay. stuff works. Okay, so like, you, so like I can be can, in the store, you mean, kind of thing, right? Yeah, okay. you can be in the store, and it here it says, uh, it's got like a, a little QR code, and it yeah. says, see us on YouTube, and you click it, and boom, now you magically see inside the box and you see the different types of AR things that happen inside the box. So I think that's going to help us because uh, stores don't want to have a, a video monitor for every you know sure. product and that sort of stuff. But I, I think that that's going to, going to help a lot. And then um, with partners, like uh, uh, we're, we're working on a partnership with the uh, uh, Gettysburg and, and uh, if that comes through the way, we're all hoping it does, then then they will help to push those things as well. So, sure, uh, it'll be. Uh, I, I think it's going to uh, uh, create more of awareness of what's there because when people see it, they're completely blown away. It's just like, sure. oh my god, I can't believe this is so cool. But when they look at it, they go, "What is that? It's a trading card." Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, we're we're uh, we're hoping to uh, to help educate people and get them to understand what's there. 
But sure. uh, like, like I said, when people see it, they instantly want it. It's just a matter of that they have to see it to, to know. Sure. No, I, I think it's very cool, right? Because I think the closest thing, and obviously you guys are like light years ahead of this, is I think for, for people that are kind of maybe in their late 20s, early 30s, this is like the next level of the interactive CD-ROM that we grew up with in, in school, right? Where you clicked around exactly. and you could play, but like this is, you run it on your tablet and it's right there live in front of you. It's It's very cool stuff. And to your point a second ago, we're at the very early stages of this stuff, right? Like, yeah. This is very cutting edge technology. And the fact that you guys are building this for you know, the lower end hardware is actually really challenging in itself from a technical perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, but I, I am curious though, how do you guys decide and actually change the experience for lower end hardware compared to higher end hardware? Or do you not change the experience at all? And how do you make those trade-offs and calls? So what we do is we decide which pieces are going to be pure AR. Like when you look through your phone, there's something out there that's floating in space in okay. front of you. Or whether it triggers uh, a video that uh, is somewhat like uh, VR, where it takes okay. over the whole scene. And now you're, you can spin around and see the world. Uh, and it's overlaid on top of the world that's there. It, it overlays and takes over it. So, so like at Gettysburg, if I'm standing where um, uh, Pickett's charge was, I, I can look out there and I can see uh, in AR, I can see General Lee sitting on a horse. Sure. But when, when I choose to see a 360, the world changes to 1863. And now I see what all the trees and buildings look like in 1863. And when I spin around, I see flags where the different commanders were. I see uh, signs over, over landmarks like Little Round Top, Big Round Top, those types of things. Sure. And, and then <clears throat> if I want to play the battle, I hit the play button, and now the battle starts right in front of me. And so those things become videos, which look like, I mean, you can spin around and watch them, but they're, they're video. And sure. so the lowest level camera will play or lowest level phone will play that video. Sure. And the lowest level phone will react to a um, uh, geolocation or a beacon and display uh, a, an object. Like if, when we're on a scavenger hunt, it's very much like Pokemon. We okay. look around until we find the object and we can catch it. And so we do this blend between AR and, and uh, uh, VR and video. Sure. So it's a seamless blend so that you don't ever feel like oh i'm just standing here watching a video but i'm standing here looking in the direction and then all of a sudden it overlays the world that I, the the 2019 world with 1863 very cool and so it, it's uh i don't want to call it a sleight of hand but it is a way to make the technology actually work within the constraints of of what people have in their pocket sure so it'd be nice if everybody could have the newest, brightest machine, but that doesn't work. Sure. No, fair enough. Um, I'm curious, though, can you leverage this technology to build other augmented reality experiences, either at other historical battle sites or places on the globe or, or whatever people want to do? Or is it very custom to the specific project that you're working on? Um, we can put it anywhere. Once we okay. built this engine, 
then then we can transfer that engine to other places, uh, like to do other Civil War battlefields. Would be very easy to do uh, to do uh, things in World War II, that sort of stuff. We can do that, or, or we can do cultural history things. Like you walk around, we're building an app for for uh, uh, the ISTE show in, in uh, Philadelphia. And you'll be able to walk around Philadelphia and find things that have to do with the, the revolution or that has to do with rock and roll or that have to do with Rocky the movie. You, you'll find these locations and they'll pop up and, and you have an AR experience with that. And so we're, we're trying to stretch the edges of what we do to where, like, we're still talking about the history of human beings. Sure. But but it's not necessarily in battles. It's like the history of rock and roll, the history of movie making. Like you could go to a city and you could find all the different movie locations and then see different pieces of how that was put together. Sure. Yeah. No, that's exactly where I was going with it because it would be very cool. Obviously we're a ways away and people would have to pay you guys to do this stuff, but there's a ton of locations worldwide that you're like, you know, something historic happened here. Even if it was, three years ago, you know, at this location to be able to see it or hundreds of years ago and everywhere in between, right? It would be really cool to exactly. have some of these experiences, right? For whatever, in whatever vertical it is, right? It would be very cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go to a town like London and sure. you have layers of history that are thousands of years old and, and, uh, and you're standing on a spot where maybe 20 different significant things happened Sure. and you have no idea because it's just a, a, a bus stop or something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, no fair enough, right? That, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, New York City is the same way. I mean, there, there's places in New York City. I know that um, uh, where Nathan Hale was hanged and he said, I, I regret that I have only one life to give for my country. Uh, there's a city bank sitting right on that spot. You know? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, sure. Seems yeah, be- like there should be something there, you know? <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. And like you could see um, maybe a, a, a sp- certain spot over the last hundred years or a couple hundred years. Right. And you could just watch mm-hmm. it kind of grow in front of you and change. That would be wild. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Well, we're thinking about that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this is, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing in Philadelphia. So yeah. That's awesome. When, uh, and, and that one launches in uh, early, uh, what is it? Late June is when that that launches. It's ISTE is like June twenty third or something like that in Philadelphia. ISTE is the the largest uh, educational um, computer education uh, organization in the United States. They have that big convention in in Philadelphia this year. Very cool. So I'm curious though, and obviously it's going to really depend on on the size and time of the project, but or sorry, budget of the project. But how long does this typically take to implement is it kind of months is it take a year how do you have like a rough timeline if somebody was looking to actually get one of these built for themselves or somewhere they work yeah it takes depending on the scale of it sure it takes about a year okay um i i started going to um gettysburg and looking around and trying to figure out if we could do this project you know just from a sure how do we tell the story uh, that was in the first time I was there in September of 2017. And so, uh, I've been to Gettysburg a dozen times since then. Sure. And, um, and to be honest, the first time I saw it, I thought, boy, this is going to be hard. Fair, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, 
Um, and I couldn't get an appointment with anybody there. Nobody would listen to me. And, uh, and then slowly as we were able to show people what we'd done with, uh, the Alamo, then we started to get attention and, and, uh, uh, have, have done well in terms of getting people to come to us and help us with what we're trying to do. Sure. So and, uh, did you guys yeah. raise money to build this Gettysburg thing? You mentioned you got an investor for the Alamo. How, how do you guys actually fund this stuff? Uh, through our investor. Okay. And so uh, as we were uh, finishing up the Alamo and looking at what we were going to do next, we started talking about what would be the next iconic uh, battle in the United States sure. that would be kind of in the same era, you know, similar types of guns and cannons and, right. and marching and soldiers and stuff. And, uh, and Gettysburg is just, you know, if anybody knows anything about the civil war, they know about Gettysburg. Sure. And so, <clears throat> so it, it, it seemed like a, a ideal target. Um, despite the scale of it, but um, it, it just was the type of thing that the Alamo is very well known around the world. Sure. They know the word. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but they don't know a lot about the story, but Gettysburg is even more broadly known and, and, uh, and taught in schools all across the United States. And, and so it, it, it was a nice uh, um joining of what we would like to do and what the what the story was told and, and the audience size and all that sort of stuff all kind of fit together and so uh so then we decided well let's, let's just push and see if we can get this and so uh, here we are <laughs> and so we're in the last bits of building the animations of the battles we've already built the battlefield and uh now we're um uh we've laid out where all the soldiers were and how they were moving. And so now we're building the animations of the uh, actual soldiers fighting on the field. Very cool. So yeah. I'm curious to know how big is the team that's working on this? Because it would take a, probably quite a few people to actually make this happen. <laughs> it's a, it's a big team. We we've uh, contracted with an animation house called okay. moon tower here in uh, um, Austin okay. and that they've worked with Spielberg and people Very like cool. that building stuff for them. And then uh, we're also working with a, a development company called chicken waffle, okay. which uh, uh, they are uh, very well known in, in the uh, development space. Sure, they yeah. do uh, a bunch of um, uh, unity projects right. and, and then our, and then our own team. And then we've hired historians and, and uh, writers and uh, <clears throat> that sort of stuff. And, and then we also have a ad agency out in Los Angeles uh, called membrane that's working with us. And they, they're very helpful in all aspects of product development and promotion and all that stuff. And so it's a, it's a bunch of people. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But I just want people to understand the scale of, of this stuff, right? Because it, yeah. it takes a lot of people to pull this off to make something this innovative and cool right especially when you're new to the space and it's not like you can leverage pre-existing assets because this is so new right sure you can you mentioned a few minutes ago you can use some of the guns and maybe some of the uh characters and stuff from the alamo into this and maybe you have to reskin them a little bit but you're really creating this stuff from the beginning right like you can't pull oh, yeah. from an archive of uh decades or even years right Exactly. And you can't, and anything you do historical, you generally can't go out and just shoot video of it sure. and use that, you know, 
I mean, we got to build it from scratch. And so like our, our artist, uh, who's who built the battlefield i found a map that was this giant map this army surveyor did okay uh just after the battle and he surveyed all the elevations every fence line everything and and so then we took that and then overlaid it on top of google earth where they have the elevations and all that laid that in and this guy put in where all the trees were where the houses were all that stuff and so then then our, our artist went in and she uh, rendered all this stuff together. And so now we can plop down anywhere in the middle of that and do a spin around and see it the way it was in 1836 That's or cool. 1863. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. She's done an incredible job. And the trees, the leaves move, the grass moves, the flowers and bugs. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Very cool. So where do you guys... Or, or where do you see the augmented reality space going? Do you have any maybe predictions or, or things that you guys are trying to see in the future without giving away anything crazy? But do you have some thoughts on the space and where it could potentially go? Well, I, I think that augmented reality, like I was talking about before, that you can stand on a spot and see the world change in front of you. So sure. it becomes this time thing. And and, uh, you know, a lot of augmented reality you see now is like a Coke can has a basketball player pop out of it sure. or something like that. Those are those are kind of gimmicky things and they don't really tell stories. Sure. Um, you know, if you look in your living room and you see a couch there, oh, great. Well, that's that was cool. But there's no <laughs> sure. story attached to it. And so so what, what we're doing is, is we're exploring and creating uh, a, a vernacular of how you tell a story. At a location and it's and it's not always in line you know like you go to a movie theater you see the story from beginning to end uh but when you're when, when we give somebody an app they choose where they're going to stand to watch the story and so we have to take into that that consideration of non-linear storytelling sure. and so it, it it really combines a whole bunch of like really complex things together but how where it's going i think is that that once people start to see these things, they're going to really want to see this sort of thing all yeah. the time. Like if I'm standing somewhere, what happened here? I'd like to know. And then, then it, it, it becomes something that can be universal, that, that you can find out stuff you didn't know. You, you can uncover a world that's hidden from you. Um, it, it's sort of, that's one of the reasons uh, we're, we're rebanding our company name to Quantum Era. Okay. It's sort of like quantum mechanics, you know, time is very fungible. <laughs> and so yeah, interesting. Uh, if, if you get far enough back, you can see the future and the past at the same time. And that's kind of what, what, where our space is, is in that seeing the future and the past and standing in the same spot. And uh, I, I, I think it's going to be real fun. Our, our, the reaction we've had so far has been just fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm real excited about where the future lies with this. No, that's very cool. I, that's the thing that I love about technology is how you can basically bring together stuff that happened generations or hundreds or thousands of years ago and put it in a modern day context today, right? And And everywhere in between, which... To me, I don't think there's ever been another time in history where you could do that, right? And it's only going to get cooler. And as the tech and the hardware and the software and the physical world kind of meet and, and collide more, I think 
the innovation that's coming in the next three, five, 10 years is just going to be mind blowing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was at the beginning of multimedia, which I thought was mind blowing at the time. And it was, it was, it was really incredible, but adding the location to it has always been my, uh, my goal is like, I really want to be where it is rather than being removed from that. And it, it, it just makes such a difference. It makes a huge difference. I mean, most of the people like at Gettysburg, the people that go to Gettysburg stand there and they look out and they go, it's grass. No, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I can't sure. see it. And uh, uh, e- even the uh, uh, deputy superintendent was telling me that when his wife tours the battlefield, when people come into town, she she goes, I think that that's called Till over there. But, I, you know, it's a mile and a half away. I, I can't, you know, maybe that's it. I don't know. Sure. And, and this this technology will give us an ability to overlay over the top of that and say, that is Culp's Hill and that's this and that's that. And, and just those little things are amazing innovations, but then, then to be able to see the story happen in front of you. And uh, um, one of the things I talk about all the time is that um, like people see heroes of Gettysburg, or heroes of the Alamo or whatever. And they see these people as made of marble that they were put on this earth as this great hero. But what they were were normal people that were, confronted with extraordinary circumstances and decided to stand up to that challenge. And that's what a hero is. Sure. And so if you can stand there with that guy and see him have to do that challenge or that woman and see that challenge and see them make that choice, it makes a huge difference in how you think about the world, not just how you think about that event, but how you think about the world. I I could be that person, you know? And, uh, and, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I really want people to understand when they, when they experience our, our application is I, I could be this guy that's right here. I understand how that feels. No, that's and, and being there on the spot at scale makes a difference. Sure. <laughs> so no, very cool. so yeah. you mentioned earlier, you guys won a bunch of awards for your projects and you and I got connected through the Media Excellence Awards. Do you want to talk about some of the awards you've won and why you think these award kind of shows are important to the industry? Um, yeah, one of the awards we won, and I can't remember the name of it, but we won uh, for both education sure. and entertainment in the same award show. So we won the top award for education, right. and we won the top award for for entertainment. Very cool. And and that to me was was exactly what I'm trying to do. Is that a lot of people think of education as a painful experience, particularly sure. history education. Oh my yeah. God, history. You know, your coach was teaching it with a video from, you know, <laughs> uh, yep. Zorba the Greek, you know, or something. And so, uh, so to be able to, to win an award independent one in the same award show, one for entertainment and one for uh, education, that, that says everything about what I think we do. And, and the, uh, uh, the award in Los Angeles, the media award, uh, it, it kind of speaks to that too. It's like, here's this really cool thing. It's really fun to watch, but you're learning something by it at the same time. And I think that, that really says a lot about who we are and what we're trying to do. Sure. Well, I also think too, 
you guys make learning feel like you're not learning. If if that do you know what I'm getting at there? It feels like exactly. you're less reading like a textbook, right? It's 300 pages and you got to get through this thing. It's like if you can actually see the battle happening or or whatever happening live in front of you whether you're physically there or you're at your house or in your classroom or whatever, it, you don't you're learning sure, but you don't feel like you're learning and it's not this like Let's just play this VHS and it's all grainy and the video's been 30 years ago, right? Like that experience mm-hmm. is gone with, with something yeah. like this. Yeah. And it, it should be an adventure. Like yeah. I'm participating in this adventure instead of I'm watching this or, or reading about it. And the thing I, I talk about all the time to people is I say that we're, we're not going to be the, the compendium of all this information about this, but we're going to be the entry-level drug that sure. takes you into it to get you excited about it. Like it, it, if, if you watch this particular part of the battle and then you go, who was this guy? Pick it. I'm going to figure out who he sure. was. I'm going to go and research. It's the, it's the spark that ignites the, the learning process rather than just, oh, my God, this is history. I'm, I was <laughs> showing the Alamo one time at, uh, at the Alamo with a, a group of school children. Okay. And, uh, and they were all excited. And, and, and so um, – one of the people with us asked this little girl, said, do you like this? And she said, it's the coolest thing I ever saw. And, and okay. she goes, do you like this? She says, do you like history? Not until today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, right? Like, I don't really blame her. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, most most history classes are just a nightmare. I, I was lucky. I grew up, my father was a military historian. Sure. And so we had stories of military history at the dinner table all the right. time. And they were interesting, you know, they were interesting and they were exciting. And so, um, all the kids in my family were all history buffs, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a historian, but I, I, <clears throat> I know how to hire them. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and then, uh, and, and how to make the stories interesting, you know, pe- people relate to people. They don't sure. relate to the bigger subject matter. It's, it's hard. No, but, very cool. But we're kind of anyway. coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys. They can check out the Alamo and uh, where they when they can look forward to actually trying this Gettysburg uh, app. Sure. Uh, our website is experiencerealhistory.com. Okay. And we're also on social media under Experience Real History in, in various forms. And then uh, we're also on Amazon with experience real history and we have uh, multiple products on Amazon then you can get our app for, for the Alamo at um, uh, Google play or uh, iTunes. Sure. And then uh, the Gettysburg app is going to launch on June 15th Very cool. uh, and uh, they'll be able to acquire that then. And the products for, for the Gettysburg will come out soon after that. Very cool. But, well, I... uh, oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, just, just go to our website and we have new information all the time up there. Very cool. Well, Michael, I really appreciate you taking the time of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Michael. Yes. I thought that was really good, man. How did you feel about that? Oh, I, I felt good. It was very nice. Yeah. You know, this app is really it. cool. <laughs> Thanks. It, it's uh, it's got other cool parts that we haven't developed yet. But, sure. Uh, it, it's a it's a fun thing, sure. and 
I, I think uh, the interface for, I'm really excited about the interface because we can, uh, anything we do, we use those, those six buttons on either side and they, they're perfect for your thumbs so that sure. you could just tap them whenever you want to go places and some, uh, and then we can change whatever, but, but our basic theme of that is, is uh, time machine. I want to, I want the interface itself to feel like it's special rather than just, you know, some plastic button or something like that. No, makes total sense. Very yeah. cool, man. Well, yeah. um, yeah. this should be up online in the next couple of weeks. Um, I will let you guys know when it's up. And if you guys have any That'd other be questions great. between now and then, please feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Thanks so much. I right. really appreciate it. Thanks right, so thank much. You. Thank you. Have a good rest we'll of your day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community. Sign up for our newsletter or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>